everybody to Bliss Fully Aware, the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in fandom and nerd news in general. I'm Bliss, and as always, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kelty and Kendra. Hi, hello. Hello. So today, y'all, I want to give a content warning right at the start. We will be discussing suicide and cyberbullying. So let's get into it. I'm going to talk about a tale as old as time, and I'm going to take y'all on a journey. Okie dokie. Do you guys know of the Ruby fandom? No, not really. No idea. I see it around a lot, but I have no clue what it is. I I assume it's some kind of anime. It's an anime produced by Rooster Teeth. Oh. Oh, weird. It's a YouTube gaming channel that has now branched out into a production company. Yes, I do know what they are. They're responsible for, like, red versus blue and stuff. Yeah. Ruby is an anime they produce with a sort of CG art style. Nah. It's not my jam, personally, but people like it. It's gone on forever. Let's take a look. Oh, yeah, just... Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm like silently looking at the photos, uh, and that's that, not very good for a podcast. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't it's, look like it's, fine. it's just very like standard action fighting anime get up kind of stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, it's fine. I never super got into it because I couldn't get best not enjoying the art mm-hmm. style. And that's not to say that the story isn't good. I wouldn't know. Oh yeah, that happens to me all the time. But people like it, and it has a very big, very loud fandom. So let me set up a couple characters for this story. Some good old anime fandom drama. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. (laughs) So we have our first character, Blair, who is an adult. Uh, They're an (laughs) auntie. Oh, God. Adult aunties creep me out. They have been described as being against everything. But... They self-describe as the safe adult in the fandom. That's so creepy. (laughs) Never trust an adult who just says they're safe like that. That's not okay. So yeah, just looking at this this screen cap of their their Twitter profile, they call themselves a, a demisexual lesbian girl flux cat gender. Okay. Who is white, has ADHD, and is autistic. Oh, that's all you need to know about And they're 21 from Australia. Yeah, personality is just a group of mental disorders and gender descriptors, I yeah. guess. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays on social media. This is all information I would never just give, like, this is not first impression information for me. Yeah. Like, this is trusted information that I share with people. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I overshare that I'm autistic all the time, but, like, that's not something that I like to share. It just kind of comes out of my mouth. <laughs> so, just in case y'all need some backup, let me just read this tweet for you. So Blair says, Oh boy. Being an adult in this fandom... When 90% of all the other adults are gross freaks or treat minors like shit or are in the hate them, which is usually both of the first two combined, is so goddamn tiring. Stop doing it, then. And they go on. They have a lot of tweets that, like, specifically talk about them uh, having some sort of personal responsibility for all these youngins. Oh, like, creepy. Can, can I just say, before we get into the specifics of this, I don't get why... 
adult people on the internet, and particularly in fandom spaces, want to impress children so much. Yeah. Can someone explain it to me? I don't get why they are so preoccupied with the opinions, takes, and thoughts of teenagers, and sometimes younger. Like, like the fucking 14-year-old threatening to murder people the other day who got suspended. Yeah. Like, I don't care, man! Even if a teenager's like, you're gross and you're an old pedophile. Like, I don't give a fuck what they think. I'm not after their (laughs) approval. That's so sad. (laughs) Anyway. I'll be 100% honest. I'm not really all that interested in people my age thinking that I'm cool. (laughs) I I could not care less. In general, I'm not after anyone's approval or like for them to like stamp the cool stamp on me. But especially from teenagers, the most terminally uncool people ever. Yeah. (laughs) I have no interest in anybody finding me cool. So anyway, when people... And, like, all of social media is somewhat performative, I understand that. But when people make really performative statements like that, talking about, you know, the struggle of being in fandom with adults, Hmm. that, ugh, that, I don't get it, baby. (laughs) Anyway, so so go on and tell us what's bad about this particular, like, thirsty clout chaser. Is that what, is that a thing? (laughs) I don't know. Okay. So Blair is an auntie. One good example is they say uh, they can't believe that Disney created Tangled because yes. it's a romance between a 24-year-old and an 18-year-old. They've who done fall that. In love days after meeting, as if that's not something Disney does regularly. Mm. They've been doing that since the beginning of time. So have human beings. Yes, but how dare they? <laughs> <laughs> so Blair had uh, and. I don't love this, but somebody made a big ol' call-out doc and started spreading it around. I, that was weird. Against Blair for their harassment. Okay. Which, yeah, I get is probably, probably well-intentioned, but eh, it's a form of harassment, too. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of using anti-techniques back at aunties, which I don't think makes it, like, non-abuse. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. One side is, like slandering people by saying they're all pedophiles and another side is like here are all these people slanderously claiming that others are pedophiles and those aren't equal amounts of harm no but it is anti-tactic and doxing tactic that i guess people are now using against aunties i was thinking about this last night how it's weird now that like because no social interaction ever ends anymore because there's always like a record of it any digital social interaction never ends anymore like you are responsible for stuff you, like, said and thought potentially years ago, or stuff that people you interacted with years ago said and thought. Mm -hmm. You're talking to them, or you're interacting with them is somehow an endorsement of maybe their worst views. Yeah. And that can't ever just be in the past anymore. It's always archived and and remembered. (laughs) I don't know what this is doing to us, like, as as a people, like, not even just in fandom space, but where, you know, your dumbass tweets from when you were, you know, 18 and edgy are now just inescapable to you. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or even just if you, like, had a civil conversation with someone who turned out to be, like, a total jackass, you're expected to disavow them, like, yeah. for, for the sake of your, of your reputation. 
No, I feel like an asshole because there's a couple conversations that I've had, like, on Twitter where I just completely misunderstand where the person's coming from. And so we were arguing about, like, the same thing, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> mad at each other about it. And then we're like, oh oops and then like that's just there that's just there us being stupid like and i have to <laughs> i have to just be aware of the fact that it's just there it's forever there forever just any any mistake any like bad take any like dumb social interaction yeah it's happened like three times and every time i'm like god damn it Fuck. anyway please <laughs> so so there was a big old doc compiled on why Blair is is maybe not the greatest of human beings. Yeah, and it spread like wildfire. People even sent it to some of the VAs from Ruby, Ooh. which, yeah, and uh, two of them made comments about That's it, which messy. is not what we're getting into, but... So this is where character two comes in. Restaurant Ruby. Okay. And Restaurant Ruby apparently was a fan of Blair's, that upon reading this doc, realized, big air quotes, <laughs> that uh, they done fucked up and was disavowing themselves from this person. There we go, yes. Gotta do the damage control for your reputation. Yeah. Yeah. So they tweet out, I spent the last three weeks defending someone who now I have just learned actually did very horrible things. I'm going private for a while. This absolutely tears me apart. And they received some, you know, support... People saying, oh, you had no idea, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. Mm -hmm. And if only that's where the story ended. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so Blair gets on Twitter and seemingly at random, because this one person is openly talking about, Restaurant Ruby is openly talking about disavowing themselves from Blair. Blair and another of their little sycophants decide to target Ruby Restaurant. Okay, in retaliation. Oof. Yes. The crime was essentially believing this Google Doc. Got it. Yeah! What happens is Ruby Restaurant gets an influx of these Blair fans, who I must remind you, is just a normal-ass person. I was gonna say, why does she have fans? Like, what does she do? <laughs> She's just, I guess, a BNF. Big old big name fan. Okay. This whole squad shows up at Ruby Restaurant's Twitter. Right? Mm -hmm. And Ruby starts complaining, Guys, the Blair Defense Squad has arrived to take me down. I'm gonna get so cancelled. Which is sad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. That's, that's really sad and pathetic. So this Ruby restaurant or restaurant Ruby person, how, are they an adult? They are a minor. Oh! According to their Twitter. Okay. <laughs> Oh, oh dear. This just took on another sinister undertone. Oh dear. Oh, I'm uncomfortable. Yep. So go against the safe adult and you get the you shit get beat out of you. You get fucking canceled, baby. Oh, oh dear. Yeah. So I'm also going to introduce this third character who I'm going to call Blondie. Because he's a big old player that most of my screenshots are from. Mm. But he is just sort of the fans. So Blondie is posting how they're laughing their ass off about Restaurant Ruby's being upset at being harassed, mm -hmm. right? Which is cool and mature. <laughs> normal. Real normal behavior, man. It's interesting to see how technology can change the teenage experience because I learned 
in researching this, what a suicide pole is. Yeah. And maybe I was just an old who didn't know. You brought it up. Found out what that was. Yeah. Yikes. A suicide poll for anybody who doesn't know is when you tweet a... uh, Make a Twitter poll. Yeah, thank you. You make a Twitter poll and both answers are blank and you ask people to just vote. And what happens is the person who's made the poll has assigned some sort of outcome to each blank response. And it's typically I am going to self-harm or attempt suicide or i'm not going to right yeah it's it's just the twitter version of rolling a dice or flipping a coin it's just basically random input from strangers that only you can divine meaning from in order i guess to air quotes justify your actions thereafter i don't know it seems a little seems a little uh dicey because in some way, it, it seems like the pollster, let's call them, is <laughs> sourcing input for their suicidality, which is not great. But, you know, social media, I guess, gotta, gotta publicize everything. Yeah, but whatever. Restaurant Ruby posted a suicide poll saying, Life really said, can't trust anyone. Upside down smiley face. But then you're gonna trust and... the input of Twitter strangers. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. They're a child and they're being harassed. I shouldn't judge them so hard. So there were about 35 votes on the poll before the account was deactivated. Okay. The consensus was this person is going to attempt to commit suicide. Yes. Nobody knows this person, so they don't know whether or not it had happened, but that was everybody oh shit moment. Yes. A reasonable assumption to make, it sounds like. So, oh boy, this is where this is where I get things go from 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 crazy to embarrassing. Yeah. So all of these Blair fans show up post this Ruby Restaurant's potential suicide with tweets like from our friend Blondie saying, "If you actually paid attention, I wish she was all right. I don't." think she deserves to die or anything. I was defending my friend and they started talking shit. So I talked back. Like a teenager would, would think is reasonable. Yeah. Another one was, I wasn't aware of the poll. Now that I'm aware, I'll take the tweet down, the tweet mocking them. Mm -hmm. This is the first I'm hearing of this. The last thing I want is for anyone to lose their life over this. Well, see, that's so interesting to me because that, Does that not just then reinforce this sort of behavior that the only way to avoid this sort of sustained harassment is to threaten suicide? Yeah. Everyone was like, you deserve it, lol, like, coming after our fave. And in order to escape this harassment, someone had to threaten suicide. And then everyone backed off immediately because they were like, oh my god, like now it's now it's too far. Now I'll take the tweets down and stuff. And like, you know, that's not a great precedent to set. Especially um, not with teenagers. Especially not with teenagers. Especially when we're all here to talk about the dumb Rooster Teeth anime. Right. This is not important shit. No. No, I have just personally noticed that more. That in order to get any sort of harassment campaign to stop, someone has to threaten suicide because it's basically the only, like, legal ramification there is. Like, if someone hurts themselves and there is evidence that they were harassed online about it, 
then there is actionable behavior. But before that, basically, there's nothing. Yeah, that sounds about right. So I've just, I've just noticed that this reaction is a little strange, that it was okay to do until they threatened suicide. Yeah. And, w- and then it became no longer okay. So you're going to love this thread I'm about to read to you, Kendra. Will I? Do you promise? <laughs> I swear, Zs. Okay, I feel like you're being sarcastic. <laughs> Hit me with it, baby. This fan of Blair's tweets. I think yesterday with the restaurant thing, a lot of us went way overboard. And the thing I've noticed happens fairly often in Ruby Twitter. Apparently, a blank poll was posted with them before deactivating, and now Blondie is also getting harassed. So this harasser is getting harassed. Okay. I started the whole thing again and didn't help the situation, but I don't think any of us really think about what could happen if we do shit like this. And at some point, it's going to cost us greatly. It's possible it already has. Mm. I highly doubt a small thread about this will change anything, but it's worth saying. We need to change how we handle, big air quotes, discourse, Mm. or just learn to ignore it completely, which I know is difficult. We're kids. We're idiots. None of us ever think about how our actions could absolutely destroy something. We always sit in the moment until it blows up, and we need to stop doing that. Okay. Loving it so basically, this person just says, how are we to know that our actions had consequences? (laughs) How are we to know that bullying was bad? Well, well. what are we? Teenagers? With the ability to, like, drive? Yeah, it's so crazy. Being tried as adults. (laughs) So Blair never really shows up to make a statement on any of this. Mm -hmm. Somebody asks them how they're doing, and they're like, oh, I'm fine. (laughs) Good, why? What happened? Oh, yeah, me? What? The whole fandom is now really upset that they harassed somebody into suicide. Whether it was people who were on Blair's side or people who weren't. Good. Um, be upset. Yeah, that's a you thing to be You did something upset bad. About. Right. And that was sad. This person, as far as we know, committed suicide. Or hurt themselves. Yeah. Or, or did they? <laughs> or did they? Well, because here's the thing. Oh, oh. Yeah. Does the plot <laughs> twist once more? <laughs> it keeps twisting. Just that oh, dagger. Boy. Yeah. Uh, so someone shows up the next day with a screenshot of their DMs and a different Twitter user by the name of Dredgen Blake, I believe. Okay. Uh, was Uh sent a message asking if it was okay for them to assume the Twitter handle Restaurant Ruby because they wanted to use it as an RP account or just the dedicated Ruby fandom account. Okay. This was from before any of this happened, to be clear. This is Wait, a screenshot what? from like months before any of this Blair drama had gone down. Okay, so wait, somebody created this account and then gave it to someone else? So this person created an account months ago, Ruby or Restaurant Ruby, right? With the permission of this random Twitter user. And then proceeds to then this Blair thing happening, go dark and everybody assumes it's suicide, right? Mm-hmm. So Dredge and Blake, who we know is the person who ran the Restaurant Ruby Twitter, has on different occasions said they were an adult or said they're a minor. 
So there's never been okay. any clear age. Mm-hmm. Okay. And <laughs> there are some people who feel like they have credible evidence that it was an adult, but again, there's nothing I found compelling. So it's calmed down a little bit. Everyone's like, oh, so Restaurant Ruby was a completely different person. Well, Dredge and Blake was still an account that was active, though. So Restaurant Ruby, quote unquote, committed suicide. But Dredge and Blake, who was the owner of Restaurant Ruby, is still active. And they go dark as soon as this comes to light. Not because I think they committed suicide. They just got caught out for being a liar. Uh, Yeah. An impostor! Yeah, they had this account. Sock puppet account, yeah. They just fucking murked it and made everybody feel bad. And so now, the people who did feel bad, like Blondie, are coming back vindicated for harassing oh somebody to a, a quote-unquote suicide attempt. Holy shit. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Blondie's tweet in which they feel vindicated is LMAO, so I was called a murderer for nothing, you sickos. Uh, that's terrible, Cool. Holy shit. So that's essentially the story. Now, this isn't obviously the only time this has ever happened in fandom. Fake suicide attempts, people have been doing them for ages. Especially on the internet where you cannot verify anything, usually. Exactly. The fact that you do have a level of anonymity behind a screen sort of lends to making that way easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you want some attention and sympathy real quick for no trouble, it's the way to go about it. I guess what I find really interesting about this particular drama was how quick the fandom was to yo-yo between whether or not they felt bad. Because Mm -hmm. the second it seemed like they'd driven somebody to kill themselves, everybody was like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. How could I have known that my harassing would do this? Mm -hmm. To, oh, they lied, so I was in the right to harass them. Everybody call me a hero. Yay. (laughs) Cool. I don't know. I just, I struggle with the fact that aunties never have one straight thing they actually want. No, they they just want vindication. Man, fuck that shit. That's wild. Yeah, they, they just want vindication for their behavior, no matter how shitty or awful, because, again, it's performative. They don't actually care if they bullied someone to suicide. They just want to be seen as caring, because... That's what matters, is one's reputation in these spaces, not one's actual material behavior. I suppose it really is just part of the teenage experience, but the moral superiority complex that takes over in these situations drives me to drink. Just the idea that you think you can be right. (laughs) And I know, again, I keep saying this, it's a tale as old as time. This is not the first time or the last time this is ever going to happen. It's not even the first time it's happened in the Ruby fandom. Oh, no. No. About a year ago. And that also happened to be a big ol' fakesies. Big ol' fakeroo. Yeah, it was, uh, I'm looking at a, an article for it right now. And yes, because someone shipped the wrong thing, 
they were bullied into attempting suicide, and they didn't actually attempt suicide. But again, it seems to be the only consistent way to escape this form of harassment mm-hmm. is to threaten suicide or fake suicide, because that's how ruthless these behavior policers are. Like, everything is justified in about what they do, because... They demonize people who disagree with them. They like dehumanize them and call them, you know, abusers and pedophiles and all these ridiculous outlandish things. And they then feel vindicated about torturing them mentally, basically. Yeah. (laughs) And sometimes not even mentally. Sometimes, you know, doxing them and calling their places of employment and calling their families and outing them to their, like, conservative homophobic parents and stuff like that. So all of this is okay because they ship the wrong thing. They ship something pedophilic or whatever. (laughs) And that is all the pretext that is necessary for destroying their lives. So that that's the whole Ruby thing that happened again. Not the first time somebody's faked a suicide. It's the internet. You never We've know been if driven things to are suicide true. and and failed like uh, like yeah. the uh, the Steven Universe fan artist. Yeah, yeah. But let let's talk about this other instance of suicide in fandom mm-hmm. that just recently happened over in the Dream SMP. Fandom. I don't know if you're supposed to say SMP or if it's supposed to be like simp. <laughs> the Dream SMP fandom is essentially it's a fandom around just a group of YouTubers. Uh, Dream being one of the main characters. Then you have a whole list of other young boys that are just let's players. They're let's players and oh, they play okay. Minecraft. So they're, not, they're not characters, or do they like have characters in their game that they play as? Uh, they are the character. Okay. Does that right. make sense? Like what they're putting uh, out is the character they want you to perceive in the Minecraft game. Yeah. Okay, got it. Okay. So they're kind of turning Minecraft into like an RPG. Yeah, so the SMP stands for um, Survival Multiplayer. From what I understand, it's a world that Dream created, and if you die in this Minecraft world... You die in real life? supposed to stay dead and not interact or play anymore outside of being a ghost, I think, maybe? Okay, sure. It's like a survival... Kind of, I kind of get that. It's kind of like a D&D game. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Where you're just playing it in Minecraft, and when your character dies, you're supposed to be dead for realsies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't watch it. It's not my generation of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Fair <laughs> no enough. shit. But so, the sticky part with this fandom is they're real, they're real boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, At least partly. any fiction written about them is technically RPF, real person fiction. Okay, but is it? Because they're characters. (laughs) And they haven't shown their faces. Isn't that kind of like saying that, like, people who write fan fiction about, like, the Adventure Zone or Critical Role or something are writing RPF? I've seen that argument be made. I don't agree with it. 
But okay. just like I don't agree that this is RPF. I don't think it is. Okay. I think if you're writing a story about a person's persona, a la Sandersides, I don't think that's RPF. No, yeah. I don't okay. either. Okay. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I would really, I would, I would have to see it for myself and then sort of draw my own conclusions about how much this is a performance and how much this is like just buddies hanging out playing Minecraft. But yeah, I would anyway. That, I mean, I continue. from what you just explained to me, no, this isn't RPF. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think it is. I know that there's a lot of drama, but I almost and. This sounds bad out of context. I almost don't consider any YouTuber a, quote, real person. Not that they're not real people, but you put forth the persona right. that it's a you want other people to see. It's yeah. a performance exactly. in some way. Like, that's the whole point, at least from what I understand, the whole, like, career model around YouTube is, like, a parasocial performance mm-hmm. wherein you kind of mimic being friends with someone you don't know for yes. money. <laughs> well, it's mm-hmm. it's much like how I feel about RPF with celebrities. Like, I don't know these people. I don't go into their house. I don't know anything about their, their like, actual no, personal all, lives. No, all we know is the parasocial yeah. material about them. I just know what what they put forth in interviews, and I... I build a character. Yeah. I build a character based on that. Well, and we've talked about RPF a little bit when it comes to Markiplier. Like, don't just don't show it to the creators. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Well, that's all it takes. And even even then, if you are a creator of some kind on the internet, expect it. Yep, you're mm-hmm. you're a public figure at that point, and especially someone like Markiplier who has an audience of millions, and just you just have to be aware of it, and you have to measure whether or not that is that is a risk you are willing to assume mm-hmm. and i right? am <laughs> <laughs> well so to get back on a somber note i guess an incident happened semi-recently in the dream smp fandom okay. universe okay <laughs> the, ex- the extended universe okay there was a fan who wrote a fan fiction called Dreams Homemade Catboy. Yes. Yes. And it was distasteful and upsetting to enough young people that it started gaining um, some traction. This is a fic that I think a lot of people would have just went, gross, and move on with their day. (laughs) This is like... This this fandom, I assume, is very young, like thirteen year olds. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Any fans I've seen seem to be in that very young range, yeah. mm-hmm. young yeah. teens. So yeah, this writer wrote this fic, and somebody started sharing it. And the way that aunties do, it starts getting spread really fast, mm-hmm. and with and no so, tags, of course. Yeah, the fic also starts getting apparently just a shit ton of really angry, aggressive, ugly comments. Yes. That's gross. And just targeted harassment. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people just went to go and, you know, rubberneck. Point and go, ew. Like <laughs> yeah. 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 Well it's like my immortal. Everybody did that with my immortal and then like, you know, what she's like published now. Well, yeah, <laughs> my immortal was fake from the beginning though. This seems yeah. to be someone's like True. genuine angst. Well, put yeah. On, put down on the page. 
Yeah. So from what I understand, from what uh, sources say, it was genuine. The person was in a bad headspace and they needed a vented out. And so they wrote this little fic and they put it up on AO3 and then it blew up. And so they deleted it. Mm-hmm. Are we are we going to at all address the content of the fic? We will. Yes. Okay. Okay. So this fic, Dreams Homemade Catboy. It, I don't even know how to sum it up. Everybody screams it's every single problematic thing under the sun. and It's not. It's not. I, I did the thing. I went and found somebody who had reposted the fic. We all read it. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's it's not all the things that people are claiming it to be. It is a no. fic. It doesn't even shock me. No. Sorry. And I understand there will be potentially some people who are aware of the situation who don't appreciate us discussing what happens in the fic, but for the context of the show, I'm sorry, you could skip ahead. It's necessary. Yeah. yeah it is a fic in which... Dream kills one of his friends and Uh his other friend's cat. And there's this, like, body horror aspect of him, like, wrapping his friend's body up in his other friend's dead corpse and... (laughs) Yeah. And turning turning him into a Frankenstein cat boy. Yeah. 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 It's it's like it's like, like in an island Rob of Stark the after they put the wolf head on him except he comes back to life. Like it's like the island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah, yeah. Like, we are we are splicing living animals together and getting getting freaky results. Oh, I loved that. For those oh unaware, it's a hundred year old sci fi book by H. G. Wells, better known for writing War of the Worlds. Yes, I love the island of Doctor Moreau though. That was a good one. It is, yeah. Not enough people talk about that one, but... Probably because... It was there, also a movie. There was a terrible movie in the <laughs> 90s starring yeah. Val Kilmer and... Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Some big-time actor who was, like, down on his luck. Hang on. <sighs> Marlon Brando! Yeah! Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando in one of his last roles. Yeah. Uh, and it's a shit show. And uh, this fic... I loved it too, though. ...is also nowhere near the caliber of Island of Dr. Moreau. No. Let's, let's be clear. The fic is bad. It's poorly written. It's clearly just, like, a teenage kid is having some dark thoughts because they're a teenager and it's all you have when you're a teenager. And, they, and it sucks. Yeah, you don't have the skills yet to navigate these these horrible emotions and the the like you know banal cruelty and unfairness in the world. And you sort of it's your first encounters maybe with like thoughts you have that are really transgressive and and things you're afraid to share. And you gotta put it somewhere, man, or you'll explode. So a lot of people put it into art, whether it's drawing like cringy emo things in their sketchbook or you know wearing a lot of eyeliner or learning to play the guitar badly like every teenager goes through this Mm -hmm. i I don't trust anyone who says they don't i would even say that like for the age of the kid who wrote this it's not like horrid he was 15 to be clear he was 15 and like and it's it's fine like it's it's not it's not graphic. No, no it's, it's not graphic. It's not like sadistic or like emphasizing on any character's particular like pain or mutilation. It's definitely 
It's definitely baby's first gore. <laughs> and and that's fine. Like, honestly, I support that shit. Because being a teenager is hard. And lonely. And angry. And sad. And you... Just whatever you gotta do, man. To, you gotta get yeah. it out, man. And, like, you're not hurting any real cats. Good for yeah, you. Yeah, that's, that's way better. Honey. That's If you're writing about hurting cats... That's that's fine. It's only a problem if you start hurting real living creatures. And the, again, the contents of the fic, like if you just recite via bullet point what happens, it's kind of like shocking and exploitative. But there's no like lingering descriptions of like gore or suffering or whatever. It's very short. It's probably like a thousand words, fifteen hundred words. Yeah, and. It's kind of like the movie Hostel, where it's like it exists solely for shock value. Yeah, it's it a just little bit, yeah. the kid just wants to be provocative, and they even say that in their Instagram yeah. post. Like they were like, "I just wanted to see how far I could go." I just and wanted like, to see how provocative I could be. And there's something really important about that. People are gonna say this was a bad thing. It's not. Every kid in the world has this moment. Every single one of you. And if you didn't, you that's have... That's worrisome. Yeah, that's because a problem. You, you do not yet know where your limits lie. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> the scary thing. Discovering these limits when you're an adolescent is very good, actually, because you learn about the borders of acceptable human behavior and how to operate within them, despite whatever kind of roiling, seething, emotional anger you have inside of you. And... Knowing that you can be angry or be hateful or violent and find an outlet for it and manage those emotions is a positive learning experience. Because mm-hmm. when you see, oh, wow, I can feel just like an absolute war criminal and just want to punch and kick and wreck shit and set fire to you know my house or whatever. And when you discover that you can manage those emotions <clears throat> and they pass and you can survive them, that's a huge learning experience for Mm -hmm. a young teenager because you see, oh, wow, these emotions don't control me. I can channel them. I can master them. And then you start to learn about, like, the appreciable edges of human behavior. When you don't get something you want, your immediate reaction isn't to punch someone in the face, you know, or Mm -hmm. stab them or something else. Like, when you see kids, or when you see adults, actually who that is their reaction to disappointment or to anger or whatever is, you know, violence. Those people were not properly socialized. Yes. And mm-hmm. so, yes, this when you're 13 and a young teenager and discovering the limits of human behavior, because, yeah, I get, we're, we're all capable of doing dark, evil shit. Mm-hmm. And most of us choose not to for some pretty good reasons. Yeah. And it's it's good and necessary even to discover your limits and why you choose not to do evil behavior. Yeah, it's actually arguably one of the first big steps from childhood to adulthood is learning how to manage your emotions in a way that doesn't hurt anyone. Including yourself. And, like, your your big emotions. Yes. The big scary ones, like... I, I want to kill you. I want to die, yeah. or I want to kill you. It's just how it works. Well, yeah, because, like, when you're a kid, and I mean, like, six, seven, eight, nine, 
your biggest disappointment is like I didn't get to stay up past my bedtime. I wanted a snack and I didn't get a snack. <laughs> you're, you're typically. You will typically, yes, unless you're, like, horribly abused, and if you are, you are already on a different trauma path than the rest of us, and I apologize for that. (laughs) You seem so much older for your age. But if you are an average child in, you know, a western-slash-developed nation, your, your biggest disappointments as a child are like, I wanted a snack and I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And you hit puberty, and you start becoming aware of some of the grander, more historical problems in our society. War. Yeah. (laughs) Racism. Injustice. Just, you know, systematic oppression. And your biggest disappointments start to be like, I want to kill you. Yeah. Like, that starts to be an impulse that happens when you are upset. It's no longer... I cried and threw a tantrum because my older brother took my video game. Yeah. It's like, I want to kill my older brother because (laughs) he took my video game. Yeah. And learning to rein in that impulsive part of the adult human mind is where, like, 60% of the angst of being a teenager comes from, if I'm just going to put a rough number on it. Yeah, I'd buy that. (laughs) It's, It's difficult, and I'm not trying to downplay it at all. Like, yeah, some... Some kids, you know, start doing drugs, some cut themselves, some... Do both. Do both. (laughs) Some write weird (laughs) stories about killing all their friends. Some do an amalgamation of all Uh, of these things. Listen, it's... a A lot of ways to handle your emotions aren't healthy, but art is a very, very healthy way... Yes. ...to learn how to rein in your emotions. Even your ugliest, shittiest ones. That is, in fact, one of the healthiest ways, which is why there's so much art. Because people are all in pain. And yeah, so much art about bad shit. Yes. Like, that's why there's so much art about pain and not so much art about the pleasant walk I had in the park this afternoon. Exactly. There's a lot of dark shit out there because that's how we cope with it we we turn it into a fictional thing where we can control the whole outcome and ta-da and if if we decide we don't like it we can just put it away yeah like whether it's a a song or a movie or a book or sketching in your sketchbook definitely had to do that a few times Mm mm-hmm just been like, this is actually too sad for me to write. I'm just kind of <laughs> not do I have, it. One of my favorite songs in the world I cannot listen to regularly yep. because it will ruin my fucking yep. week. Yeah. Like, I, it just, I can't do it. It hits me too hard. And I, I love it. And like when I bust it out, it's kind of like a weird little masochistic ritual because I think it's an amazing song and I want to listen to it all the time. I just fucking can't, though, man. (laughs) Yeah. So, yes, to get back on track a little bit, this fic is, like, even if it were extremely graphic and detailed, Mm -hmm. it would not offend me. But it's not, even. It's it's just someone prodding at maybe being transgressive, like... And it is a little discomforting that it is about some real YouTubers, but it's really not. It's about... 
their personas, their characters that they adopt in this little role-playing world on Minecraft they have. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a particular line. There's a particular line where they talk about someone's decapitated head. Yeah. But this character has the dumbest name in the world, so I don't even find it. Yeah. I don't even find it shocking. Really undercuts the drama. It's like talking it's like talking about a care bear. It's like yeah. the care bear's disembodied head. It's not shocking to me. No. I have definitely read many things that were more shocking and more graphic. But I can understand where some younger people reading it might have, you know, baby's first gore had that like complete shock oh totally oh yeah and like completely because i trust me i had that experience too as a young person in fandom hard same and like i don't know where it was originally posted i don't know if it had appropriate amounts of warnings attached to it originally so i could definitely see people being upset if this was like an untagged an untagged unrated it was it was on ao3 and it was tagged appropriately from what i understand but okay okay when it was taken down it was reposted by trolls who under the same fandom reposted it with uh the description dream gets a new cat and no appropriate tagging ah oh wow that's got it again that's really bad the the antis are worse than the problem Mm -hmm. they claim to be fighting got it yeah That's not okay, guys. Moving forward a little bit, this person took their fic down, they still were receiving harassment, and they felt that they had no option except to take their own life. And this one seems a little bit more concrete. There at least seems to be one person who claims to have known this person in real life. Uh, Again, it's the internet. Mm-hmm. So there is no fat checking. Like I don't, I don't have this person's mom's phone number. Yeah. So it's sad. That's that's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. That's. I mean, yeah. If if it's true, even if it's not true, that's despicably sad. And I can't imagine what that family's going through. I can't imagine what their friends are going through. I can't imagine. Well, I guess I can't imagine what the aunties are going through. Uh, the aunties. Well, some of them are reveling. They really are, and it's disgusting. Yeah. Some Mm -hmm. of them are pulling the same shit that we just saw with the Ruby fandom with, well, how was I to know there would be consequences to my actions? Yeah, Mm -hmm. of course. There's a lot of, you know, well, that's not my fault. And moving on with their day, because they can. They have the privilege of being like, well, it's not my fault. And I don't have to think about that. I know. They they will, though. I mean, trust me. It will haunt you into your adulthood, and I'm glad that it will. Yeah, and if it doesn't, that's Domery. If it doesn't, we found the real sociopath. Yeah. What seems to be a big response, though, is everybody in the fandom freaking out and saying, well, this is the first fandom-related suicide. And it's not. It's... No, it's not. No, it's It's not not even close. We're in at least the double digits. We're in the year 2021, baby! Yeah. Yeah, it's it's hardly the first. And again, I think the age range of that fandom is a big contributor to those big claims. Because when you're that young, everything is the first. You know, you're the one that discovered the wheel. Nothing, 
Or, yeah, or nothing he... that happened before my recollection mm. is true. Well, yeah, we just saw a tweet earlier today that was like, uh, if fiction doesn't affect reality, then how come Silence of the Lambs caused transphobia, transphobia to happen? And it's like, that's not even the first movie to have the <laughs> to, to have, have a that trope. villain, yes. And I mean, fuck, Silence of the Lambs goes out of its way to distance its villain from being transgender. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not saying that that excuses all of Silence of the Lambs' Silence of the Lambs's portrayal of, like, at least a gender-questioning <laughs> person. Yeah. But they, they do, on screen, state that Buffalo Bill is not a transgender woman. Yes. Anyway, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, I, I learned from movies and TV, so therefore so did everyone else. Yeah. Like, and here's a, here's a fun fact. I did learn from movies and TV, but, you know, I know that that's my problem. Or, like, how last year or the year before when the Watchmen miniseries happened, that was the first time many Americans learned about the Tulsa yep. race massacre. Yep. Oh, shit, yeah. Because it is it is a plot point. The event is a plot point in the series. And as a non-American, I was stunned because I knew about that. Yeah. Like, I really enjoy history. I'm, I'm going to have... I'm saying I have maybe an above-average interest in history. But goddamn, like, if it's not in a movie, Americans really don't know a fucking thing about nope. it. Well, yeah, well, and also, America loves to hide its racism, like... All the time. I don't know. I found it not disingenuous how much people were freaking out that this was the, big air quotes, first fandom suicide. I, I've mostly found it sad. The whole situation's sad, but on a separate level, I am sad that these kids are very narrow-minded about very this. Very stupid. If it's mm. not happening in their fandom or in their world, it hasn't happened. Yeah. Yeah, their world is their fandom. They're, they're stupid. You can say it. <laughs> teenagers, teenagers are stupid, and they yeah. always have been. Yeah. We're not trying to say that we weren't we stupid. We were not stupid as teenagers. We were. Oh, I was a stupid teen. I mean... I was really dumb. I feel at least like I was a little more aware that I was stupid as a teenager, but, you know, that could be that could be hindsight. I feel like there were definitely times as a teenager when I would look at my fellow teenagers and be like, you're a fucking moron. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but yes, teenagers are stupid and it's fine and we shouldn't we shouldn't look to them to be the the authorities on anything for sure. Especially, you know, decent social interaction and like arbiters mm -hmm. of coolness mm. like i'm sorry tiktok's lame and in 10 years you're gonna be super humiliated about all those weird lip-syncing videos <laughs> you posted forever yeah you're gonna be really embarrassed about a lot of things someone's gonna show up on a date you know if we still date in 10 years and it's not all done through an app and like have your weird tiktok dance sea shanty memes or whatever they're doing on tiktok now <laughs> i forgot about the sea yeah. shanty meme <laughs> I mean, I, okay, this, this is my, um, this is my sea shanty tangent right here. Uh, I've been into sea shanties for way longer than y'all, again, because mm -hmm. I, I love my history. Um, specifically, <laughs> I can even tie this into fandom. So, uh, I'm a fan of the Assassin's Creed games, even though they are, like, 
on the face ridiculous. Like they are they are an absolute clown show. And one in particular takes place I think it's in the 1690s, the golden age of piracy. And you have your little pirate and you have a little pirate ship and when you're sailing your little pirate ship around the map, your crew will sing authentic real Aww. sea shanties. From the That's 18th cute. century. It's yes. really cute. And it makes, like, the exploration of the map so much fun, because I guess a lot of people were gonna be like, oh, it's boring, you just have to sail pirate ship around an empty ocean, it's lame, man, I wanna kill people. But you're just, your little crew sings jaunty oh. little shanties as you go around the map, and they're so catchy, and they'll stay in your head for months and months. And then, so to my knowledge... That was the only game for, like, almost ten years that had this <laughs> ship mechanic. Because Assassin's Creed does this thing where they try and work a new gimmick into every game. And yeah. it doesn't always work out great, but the ship thing was great. The ship thing was a, was an A+. And then they did one set during nice. the, the Pelagiatic Wars, I think, uh, in ancient Greece. And you have a little ship again, because you're going around the Greek archipelago. And your crew will sing Greek oh. sea shanties yeah. in Greek. It's pretty great. Ancient Greek sea shanties. Like, that's the amount of research that the that the history department has put into this stupid game where, like, Aristotle was a ninja and shit like that. Like, these games are so historically accurate right up until they're not. Yeah. And then they really <laughs> aren't. Yeah. So, anyway... Me and my pirate phase have been into sea shanties way longer than TikTok. <laughs> Thank you. Yep. These songs are three, four hundred years old in some cases. Also, I should say, I never played Assassin's Creed, but I'm a lesbian, so my pirate phase was also way before TikTok. Uh. <laughs> Gays always have a pirate phase. If you had a pirate face, you're probably Well, and Kelty is, is an autistic gay. Yeah. So she had an autistic <laughs> boat face, too. Yeah. A lot of autistics are into trains. Not I my had girl. boats. Not my girl here. My girl was into boats. I was so into boats, you guys. She can name all the parts of the boat and the different types. And, yeah. We could make an episode about boats. See, would I have an episode about boats? No. Oh. Find me a fandom about Titanic. boats that's having a drama. Oh, okay. That's having a drama. No. Don't try. <laughs> <laughs> in the... No, the Titanic fandom was pretty chill. Not the Thomas the Tank Engine fandom, apparently. We were all just into boats. <laughs> I challenge listeners and Kelty, <laughs> find me a fandom that revolves around boats that's having a drama and we'll do a boat episode. We'll do a boat episode on a boat. <gasps> Don't tease me. I'm not teasing. Find me boat drama. <laughs> Literally every time I'm on a boat, I start crying with joy. Don't tease me about being on boats. There's there's a little bit of boat drama. You want to hear my little bit of boat drama? Boat drama? Yeah. What's your okay. boat drama? So do, do we all three of us here know about Game of Thrones slash Song for Ice and Fire. Yes. <laughs> okay. So. Um, there is a culture in that world called the Ironborn, and they are heavily based on uh, Vikings, like the Nordic people of Europe. And they they make use of their their sailing, their naval prowess to to like you know trade and go to war and blah blah blah. Anyway, so they're based on these people that 
like their naval technology is from like the ninth century. Like it's pretty. It's not like pirate ships. Like we think about pirate ships, like with four masts and a hundred sails, and they're huge, and you could like store elephants on them or something. Mm-hmm. They have they have tiny tiny boats that are mostly built for speed, and they don't really ever go too far from the shore. They kind of like they kind of like hug the coast as they go around. So anyway, there's a lot of art that shows the boats being like piratey boats, like huge galleons and stuff. But people are arguing that it shouldn't look like that. It should look more like a Viking longship and they should have more oars and stuff. And so that's the drama. The drama is that they're they're painting the wrong kind of boat because in in popular in the popular consciousness there's only one kind of ship and it's a pirate ship. Yes. And and that's it. Yep. It's not great. We couldn't do a whole episode about that. But that's, I did have something. <laughs> well, there you go. A little bit of boat drama to close us out. I think we talked about the thing. I do want to thank Monocopsis, Librastry, and Miku Diary 2 on Twitter for helping me collect receipts for this week's episode. If y'all have anything you want us to cover, please feel free to reach out. I'm also going to include a link to the National Suicide Awareness website. Little known fact, you can chat with them if you are uncomfortable talking on the phone. I've used their service. I recommend it. If you are ever feeling the need to self-harm or feeling isolated, alone, harassed, there are services available out there. Please speak with somebody if they don't support you find somebody that does and i swear this too shall pass and there are there are international services because i know our audience is not strictly american mm-hmm. yes uh i will actually on twitter include a chain of at least the ones i can find yeah uh i want everybody to have access to that information i think it's important and until next time Thank y'all for joining us this week. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Blissfully Show. A uh, link to our YouTube is there. And like, comment, subscribe. Uh, feels super disingenuous <laughs> to end the episode that way, yeah. but. Do the YouTube stuff. Yeah. Until next time. <laughs> Be nice to someone. That's our that's our call yeah. to action. Be and nice. The world is better with you in yeah. it. Be be nice to someone even if you don't have to. And even if that someone is just you, don't don't let the haters get you down. What is that line in Handmaid's Tale? It's, don't let the bastards Don't get let you. the bastards grind you down. Yeah. But it's in bad Latin. But anyway. Yeah. I'm ruining I'm ruining the poignancy <laughs> of the moment. It's my superpower. Uh until next time, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Be safe. Culturally, we want, like, the validation of the youths because we're slowly realizing that we're going to die one day or something. And-